Hello, hello to all my wonderful, wonderful family and friends, God's wonderful people, the sweetest people on earth. You are. Amen and amen. You know what? I want to I wanna say my hellos today to you. I'm so glad you have joined me today on this beautiful Thursday. There we go. Okay. Hello to Thomas. And hello to Ramdhomi. You have an amazing name, brother. Hello to Bini. Hello to Abel. Hello to uh, Bini again. She said more than one. Hello to David. Listen, tell your friends today, I'm talking again about the coming new anointing. Because the coming new anointing is almost upon us. Uh, so make sure to share this with your friends. Hello to Romeo. And hello to Dolores. And hello to Helen. And Joy. She says, thank you, Jesus. I say, amen, Joy. Hello to Guru Javunu. Another amazing name. Hello to George. Rizkala. Oh, from Lebanon. Alan Feek. Wow. My Arabic is not the greatest there, George, but uh, Amen. All right. Hello to Janet. You know, I do speak Arabic sometimes, by the way. Not all the time. Uh, grew up in Jaffa speaking Arabic, Hebrew and French. And today, uh, my French is so-so. My Hebrew is getting better. My Arabic is so-so <laughs> too. Okay, hello to Jeanette and Francis. Oh, Francis. And hello to uh, Johanna. Well, bless your heart whenever you are coming. You know, one of these days, I pray I will visit Lebanon. As I just saw dear George from Lebanon. Lord, I thank you for what you're going to show us today. To you be all the praise, all the glory, all the honor, and the majesty. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. Okay, I'm going to start teaching. As many of you are still coming on, welcome, welcome, welcome to all my wonderful family and partners today from all over the globe. I've been talking about becoming anointing, the kingly anointing. Now, remember I shared that the three, the, the anointing has three main rivers. The leper's anointing, we receive at salvation. The priestly anointing, when we begin to minister. And then the kingly anointing, which is for dominion. We see those three anointings in the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. For example, in the life of David, he was anointed three times with oil. First, when Samuel came, anoints him among his brethren... That, that anointing on him destroyed Goliath. And because the, the anointing is for war, spiritual warfare. The second anointing came on him when they came and anointed him king over one tribe, Judah. And that is when he overcame the house of Saul. Number three anointing came when they anointed him over all Israel. And in Second Samuel 5, he took the strongholds of Zion, he says, 
in 2 Samuel 5. In fact, let's just look at, look at it quickly. 2 Samuel 5, 3. So all the elders of Israel came to the king, to Hebron, and King David made a league with them in Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed King David over Israel. So that's the third anointing. And he was 30 years old when they, when they anointed him the third time. And verse 7 says, David took the strongholds of Zion, the same is the city of David. Now, with the apostles, same thing happened. They were anointed first in John 20, when the Lord breathed and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Again anointed in Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit fell. But many people miss the fact they were filled again, anointed again in Acts 4. Let's look at it, Acts chapter 4. We're going to look at verse 31. It says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken, where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, they were filled in Acts 2, filled again in Acts 4. And they spake the word of God with boldness, it says. But that third anointing is what brought about the amazing changes. I call that the kingly anointing. So, First anointing, leprous anointing, meaning salvation, because leprosy speaks of sin. And so the first anointing, the leprous anointing in Leviticus 14, speaks of salvation. The second anointing, when people come into ministry, the priesthood in the Old Covenant, the third, third anointing for dominion. And in the early church, the, the, the minute that Acts 4.31 happened, the next thing you see is incredible changes. Change num number one. Look what, what happened. Let me just give it to you. All were healed. In Acts 5, later in Acts 5, uh, beginning at verse 16, how it says that shadow of Peter healed all the sick. Now, we don't see all the sick healed in Acts 2, 3, and 4. We see all healed in Acts 5. Because it, 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 it had to wait for that third dimension to come upon them. Uh, called the third grace. You know, another gift of grace, basically. So that third anointing is what I think is coming again. The kingly anointing is about to descend on the, uh, on, on the world. Now, we've, we, we've seen glimpses of it in the past. Um, with some people's ministry. For example, uh, I think in Amy Semple McPherson, it happened later in her life. In Catherine Gumman's the same thing. Uh, maybe so in with Branham and so on, but I don't think many people experienced it in their ministry. And it didn't last long. It didn't last long at all. I, in fact, you know, I worked with the Catherine Gumman Foundation for four years after Catherine went, went, to, the Lord, went to be with the Lord. And I asked many questions about how God used her. And Maggie had told me that uh, in the early days, she, she didn't have much. She was with her for 28 years or more. Sorry, well, what, what am I saying? Way, way more than that. Anyways, but she told me herself, the lady who worked with Miss Kuman for all those years and was with her all the time, she said, Catherine's ministry really did not take off with great power about just before she had gone to be with the Lord and the influence she had. But I think Ms. Kuman tasted the, and experienced that third dimension. 
Branham, I think the same thing too. But it seemed that a lot of them experienced it at the end of their ministry rather than in the early days of their ministry. I believe we're about to see it in the whole world soon before the coming of the Lord. It has to happen, and the Bible says so. So we're going to look at that. Now, the other thing that happened in the book of Acts, the, the things that followed, is what I believe are coming. Number one, all were healed in Acts 5 as a result of that third anointing falling in Acts 4.31. Now, if you look at uh, verse 17, same chapter, Acts 5, in verse 17 it says what happened? It says later <clears throat> they put the, the apostles in prison, and then it says in verse 19, but the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors. So what is this? Angelic activity. This is the first angelic activity we see in the life of the apostles after the Lord ascended to heaven. So the first time angels are seen helping the apostles is after Acts 4. Why is that? Because the third anointing had descended and now angelic activity became the norm. And later you, you see more angelic activity in the book of Acts. So if you read Acts 1, Acts 2, Acts 3, Acts 4, not much angelic activity except in Acts 1 when the Lord ascended and the angel said, this same Jesus will so return. But we don't see angelic activity in Acts 2 or Acts 3 or even in Acts 4. We see angelic activity in Acts 5 where now they come and they set the apostles free from prison. And later we see more angelic activity. So angelic activity is the next thing on God's agenda on, on earth after. We, we're not going to see it, frankly, in the global way till we see all healed. Now, like I said, there's been moments in history where this has happened, where, where we saw that uh, dimension in action, like in Indonesia years ago. If you've ever read the book like a mighty wind by Mel Torrey, who's a friend of mine, by the way, lives in California, precious man of God. Um, there, there was tremendous miracles. Many things happened like that. And angels were very active in those days in Indonesia and many parts of the world. But so we, we, we saw a glimpse of it. We, we, we saw a time where it came and then it, it, it went. We are going to see it and it's going to stay next time till the coming of the Lord. So exciting days are ahead for all of us in the church. The, the third thing that, that we, we see in the book of Acts is uh, in Acts 6.10, where it talks about they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which Stephen spoke. I believe we're going to see heavenly wisdom on earth in the church. God is going to give the church Wisdom we, we, we've never seen in operation. And it says, they were not able to, re, to resist the wisdom. Wow. Uh, think about preachers preaching with divine wisdom in the coming days. Or God's people having incredible wisdom on how to protect themselves from the coming dangers, and so much more. That wisdom is seen 
by the apostles right after Acts 4 in an amazing way. In an amazing way. And I know I can point a lot of them to you right now, but because of time, I'm just simply telling you, if you, if you look at the book of Acts from chapter 5, well, really chapter 4 and on, you see amazing wisdom in the way they, they dealt with persecution, in the way they uh, faced uh, problems, and so much more. And that wisdom is also boldness. They spoke with such boldness in that wisdom. We see boldness prior to that, but after that, the wisdom that we see with them is really heavenly. And one of these, maybe, one of these days, I'll teach on that. I'll show you what I'm talking about. But if you read the book of Acts properly, you will see the change happening. And then the, the other thing is, uh, in, in Acts 9, we saw the salvation of Saul of Tarsus. That happened as a result of the third dimension. In Acts 9, of course, verse 6, when the Lord met him on the road to Damascus, and so on. And it, 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 it says here in, in this amazing portion how he, he got saved in such a powerful way. But my point is the third dimension brought about the salvation of one of the most amazing human beings that ever lived on the earth named Saul of Tarsus, who became the, great, the greatest apostle in the history of the, of the church, and uh, most of the New Testament was actually written by him. Think about that. But let me tell you something. He was, if you read what he says about himself, he was a very, very highly influential man in the leadership of Israel. Taught by Gamaliel? Anyone taught by Gamaliel? Gamaliel was like the most respected scholar of the day. He was the one who convinced the Pharisees. Remember when he said, wait, before you punish these men, you know, he, they put them outside and he had to talk wisdom to them. And the high priest listened to that man. All the leaders of Israel listened to that man, Gamaliel. Gamaliel was Saul of Tarsus' teacher. He taught Saul. Think about what that meant for Saul himself to be so high up, to be taught by Gamaliel, the voice of the day, when it came to the law and to the scriptures, the Old Testament. So when, when God saved Saul, it was a massive headline, you know, in the church. It was a massive miracle. People don't, don't realize the amazing miracle that it took to save that man named Saul of Tarsus, who became Paul the Apostle. And that happened as a result of that move. The other thing we see is uh, the, the salvation of the Gentiles. The next chapter talks about Cornelius. So we go from Acts 4.31, the Holy Spirit fills them again, they, filled, they were filled in Acts 2, now in Acts 4. The next thing you see, Acts 5, miracles. Everybody's healed. 6, wisdom. And may I add, I didn't even give you a lot of the other things that happened. One of the things that, that happened is amazing growth, for example. There was addition in Acts 2. Multiplication did not hit till Acts 6. Think about that. The Lord adds to the church the Lord multiplies 
in Acts 6. So the numbers of the believers increased greatly after Acts 4. So that is something that I think is amazing. Now the Gentiles begin to hear the gospel as a result of that that move. Now this is what is about to happen. If we go to Joel, let's all go to Joel in the Old Testament, of course. All right. Uh, Joel chapter 2, a very familiar portion and a very familiar book. And Peter, the, the apostle on the day of Pentecost, began to talk about this is, you know, this is that which was spoken by Joel. I want to show you a few things that Joel said that did not happen back in the book of Acts that are about to happen in our day. This excites me because we're going to see it. We're going to see it in our day. It began in the book of Acts. It did not all come in the book of Acts. And then in Amos, we will see something that they did not see in the book of Acts in our day before the coming of the Lord. Number one, verse 23 through through 24. Be glad, ye children of Zion. Rejoice on the Lord your God. He hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the former and the latter together. That did not happen in the book of Acts. It's mentioned in Amos. We'll go to it in just a second. So, number one, what we're, we're, we're about to see is the power of God will flow so mightily that the harvest will take place at the same time as seed time. Think about in the book of Acts, they sowed seed and then the, the harvest came, you know, here and there slowly. And later in the book of Acts, after Acts 4, is when they, they saw the multiplication happen. We're going to see something incredible. We're going to see Amos 9. Let's go to Amos chapter 9. And I want to show you what the Bible says about this because it's incredible. Okay, 9.13, Amos 9.13 says this. The days come, says the Lord, that the plowman will overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him that soweth seed. In other words, before they're sowing, the harvest is coming. And the mountains shall drop sweet wine, and all the hills will melt. This is remarkable, that former and latter rain hit together. What does that mean? Well, in Israel today, and then too, they would sow seed in the spring, in the, you know, in the springtime. Seed sowing happened March, April, May, and that's it. Then they would stop and wait for the harvest to begin around September. But can you imagine... When they sow and reap without that season called summer where they have to, have to wait for the growth to come. Sitaman harvest coming together. And this is what Joel 2.23 talks about. And that's what we are going to see. It says, latter rain, former rain together. Wow. This means an explosion of power. And what the Lord said is, what we're going to see an explosion of is what? Wheat. The floors, verse 24, Joel 2. The floors shall be full of wheat. And the vat shall overflow with wine and oil. Three things are going to explode. <laughs> Hallelujah. Three things are going to intensify. The word and the presence, which is wine, and the power, which is oil. So, the floor will be full of wheat, that's the word. The vats will overflow with oil, God's presence, oil, God's power. 
you're going to see the Word of God take over the planet before the coming of the Lord. You're going to see the presence of God take over the, the planet and the power of God take over the planet in the church. It's going to happen everywhere. In past revivals, when they saw that third dimension, it happened here, then it stopped. It happened there, it stopped. It happened here, it stopped. In the coming one, it's going to happen all over the, gl the globe at the same time. That's the difference. That's the difference. And the results will be what? Verse 25. I will restore to you the years the locust had eaten. So we're going to see a total restoration in this coming anointing. What else? Verse 20, 26. You will eat in plenty and be satisfied. Complete satisfaction. What else? Number three, verse 27. You will know I'm, the, uh, I'm in the midst of thee. What is that? This is glorious. That I'm the Lord your God, and none will be ashamed or in bondage. Freedom. The presence of the Lord will bring freedom from all bondage. None will be, it says, and my people shall never be ashamed, meaning complete liberty from the demonic. That will be the day when everyone will be healed and everyone will be set free from all bondage before the coming of the Lord. And finally, it shall come to pass, verse 28, that all will be, will be saved. I'll pour, up, I'll pour up my spirit on all flesh and visions and dreams and so on. And then everyone will be, whoever will call upon the name of, of the Lord will be saved. So we're, we're going to see amazing, an explosion of restoration, satisfaction, liberty, salvation, and so on. And then, this is where we're going to see what I believe Moses talked about. In Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 30, he, he makes an amazing statement that I believe we are going to see in our day. How should one chase a thousand and two put 10,000 to flight. Wow. So, we're going to see such an amazing flow of power that we're, it says one will chase a thousand. If one chases a thousand, two will chase 10,000. Three will chase 100,000. Four people will, cha will chase a million. Can I repeat that to you? You, you want to you wanna hear that again there, Chad? If you add what he said in verse 30, one will chase a thousand, two will chase ten thousand. If you stay with that math, three will chase a hundred thousand, and four will chase a million. Think about one of you will chase a thousand, two of you ten thousand. Demons I'm talking about, right? You know, run them out. Three, a hundred thousand. Four, a million. Now keep, keep, keep going up, huh? So, if ten people join in, it's a, it won't take long to chase every, every devil out. <laughs> all you need is just a small group, really. And the disease and the bondage go with them. So God's power is going to be so incredible, people have no idea yet, I think, in my opinion, of what this really means. Now, I, I want to just read for you, and I'm, I'm out of time, I can't believe it. I know you want me to go on, but I'll have to continue later. But 
Psalm 89, I like you to read Psalm 89 when I'm done, after I'm done here. And read verse 20, right through verse, right through verse 29. You will see something amazing. You, you, you'll see exactly what that move will, will bring about. It'll bring strength. That's in, in verse 21 of this portion. Number two, no enemy can touch you. Verse 22. Number three, God will destroy, God will destroy the wicked, it says, for you. And crush, this is when uh, Paul talks about how, how God will crush the devil under your feet. That's what's going to happen at that time. So, number four, this is all in this portion, Psalm 89, verse 20, right through, uh, just keep, keep reading, right through verse 29. So, number four, God will establish your, your authority. This is all in this portion. I'm going to give you a little homework to do. Read Psalm 89, 20, verse 20 to 29, and you'll see it, all the headlines listed there. Number five, he will cause you to have incredible influence over the nations. Number six, he will show you his mercy that is going to be amazing to you. And number seven, your children will walk with God. Verse 29 ends up with the salvation of the family. His seed also will I make to endure forever. <laughs> Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? I mean, think about what I just gave you. I, I will repeat them. I have a few more minutes. If you read Psalm 89, verse 20 through 29, verse 21 says, you'll be strengthened. Verse 22 says, no enemy can touch you. Verse 23 says, God will crush the devil under your, your foot. He'll destroy the wicked. Number four, he will establish you and establish your authority in verse 24. In verse 25, you'll, you'll have influence over the nations. In verse 28, you will experience God's mercy and grace like you never have in your life. And then verse 29, your children will walk with God. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord forever and ever. Oh, I missed uh, uh, God would give you influence. Over, no, I think I mentioned that. People of God, what is coming to us is so incredible. I don't think today we can even imagine it. So, the coming anointing is on the way. I may continue a little bit more tomorrow, you know, frankly, because I have so much more. I didn't even have, it, have time to talk about. Because I want to prepare you for the next move of God. That's almost upon us. We're, we're not talking, you know, years and years away. We're talking possibly just months away from it. Lord, come on, let's believe God. Search your hands towards me. I'm searching my hands and my heart towards you. Use them, Lord. Use them in the coming move. Oh, dearest Jesus, wonderful Redeemer. Bless them, Lord, with that new anointing on their life. Oh, how we're all so hungry for a new anointing. We're all so hungry for a new touch. I give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. I'm writing a book called The Mysteries of the Anointing with Charisma. With Charisma. And uh, it's going to be, be out uh, early next year. I'll tell you more about it, but start talking about it to, to everyone. It's going to be the most amazing book I've ever, I've ever written on the anointing. It's coming up soon. The Mysteries of the, of the Anointing. Start looking for it. Now, I want you to get our newsletter. Uh, you can 
I think this is from heaven that we have a newsletter online now where I can share with you things as God shows them to me. So you can sign up for our newsletter, brand new, by going to our website. Uh, the, in, the information will be on the screen for you. It's probably already there. But make sure you do that and tell your friends about our newsletter now online. And now it's time to give to the Lord's work. This is the most exciting day for all. The exciting day we have ahead of us is beyond description. So this is also an, an exciting day for all of us financially. Because everything we do now protects us and brings the blessings tomorrow. This is not the time to hold back from God. This is the time to be aggressive with giving, with faith abundance. Like I said, wrap your seed with faith and sow your seed with abundant joy and cheerfulness because God loves a cheerful giver. And watch what God will do with your present and your future. Because, you know, there's only one way to protect ourselves financially from what's coming ahead. Sowing seed in the kingdom of God. Giving to the Lord's work. There's no other way to protect ourselves. So, you can sow right now on the platform you're watching me on. Or you can go to our website, benhin.org. Or simply text BHM4577. All right. And don't forget the newsletter. Sign up for it. Much love. I'll see you tomorrow. I'll probably continue a little bit on this because I'm just so thrilled and excited about what God is about to be doing with all of us. Much love. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.